ain't got no motherfucker. Why fuck your bitch? Fat motherfucker. Westside. I'm the white guy in office space in the beginning of the movie right here. In the car until black guy rolls up. First off, fuck your bitch in the clip you claim. Westside, when we ride, come we quick, we get. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. We bust some bad boys, DK for life. We hearts are ripped. Ricky Smalls and Junior Mark, get some bitch ass bitches. I don't care what anybody said, this is one of the best songs ever. No, I'm saying in terms of like beef, this was the one of the better beefs. The best! Yeah. What's a better song? Like everybody says, Jay Z not. Okay, so you're saying like a okay. Oh, this is gonna lead into the next thing. But uh, you think this was the best battle, like ever? I ever. mean, like battle this song, like battle track. ever. Okay, I yeah yeah like like yeah yeah. In yeah. terms of like how mad he is and shit and yeah, it's pretty. Crazy, it's, I think man. it's the most convincing. Yeah, well, he got shot up in. Uh, the, the building that Biggie always hung out at, and so he's probably thinking, "You don't fucking know anything about this." So he's paranoid as fuck. Yeah, he's blazing, and then he he writes from the heart. He doesn't yeah. hold back. He does write from the heart. He's saying, "I fucked your wife." He's saying, "Like you fucking ass, you fat, fat fuck," and well, he's he, like, "Your whole crew." He, he wrote I'll that kill after. Your, he I'll kill your kids. You tell us, I'll kill your kids. What? Imagine you write that after you get shot nine fucking times and, and lived, and, and then think. I think you did this, so I'm I'm pissed. I fucked Tammy. You know, not yeah. saying you know like that's how it would be, right? Like he yeah. wouldn't have fucked Faith Evans. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he. This was the second time. Right, or is this the first time he got shot? Didn't he get shot before? Either this time or the, there was a time when he, when he came out in the in the stretcher, he had the middle finger up, and then fucking, I mean, he was well, already, the second time he was already big, but then that he became like Mount Rushmore legend right there. Like the second just, time he went to go record in a studio in New York that Biggie records at. Yeah, so he right. thought that he set him up he to set get him robbed. Up. Yeah, which. No one ever knows the truth, but uh, I don't know why they keep making documentaries about that shit still. Yeah, well, I, it's I, like I think I've seen it's every so one. done. I know, but it, there's still yeah. more coming out. Like I think I literally think I've seen four like that's documentaries how on Tupac. Heavy that beef was. Yeah, that it's 2019, and what was that? I don't know. 19 was that 2000? What? I mean, it's sad to say that uh, not you know it that it caught you know it pretty much probably caused their death. But the beef now, it's not. It's more like now it's Nick Cannon and Eminem. Yeah, like well, also Drake and Meek Mill, and then immediately they did a song together right after. It's like it's kind of like a promotion tool too. Yeah, know? now it's not real beef. It's more like beef sells. There's a whole social us. media beef, which so, is Twitter beef. It's a different type of beef. People love beef. I remember Max Kellerman said. Uh, he's an ESPN analyst. He goes, if you put on four corners a basketball game, a football game uh you know whatever like uh you know baseball whatever and then you put a boxing or mma on the fourth corner most people are always going to watch the fight like that's what people are drawn to well think about as uh, in high school yeah the fight uh, yeah the fight we never ran to go see a basketball game like the entire oh god pk is playing basketball and we're all rushing in an auditorium yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was it's like beef it's beef yeah have like you ever had a, a comedy beef uh like have you been accused ever of like jokes thief thief shit or like any weird uh no i never had any comedy beef i think that uh the only 
like rant, like stupid beef is uh, my brothers, like uh, Walter Hong, Danny Cho. We did Kings of K Town. Okay. And uh, they did a show, uh, like, uh, yeah, I couldn't make it, but they didn't even ask me. They did a show somewhere else and they just replaced me with some other comic. I got fucking pissed, dude. I'd heard. Wow. Yeah, that is. Like- so I was like, yo, dude, like, I just found out by the flyer, man. And then so I went off on email, but they apologized. But that's like stupid. You still shit. can't really do that, like as as part of an original team, like not yeah. saying anything. I think I think what they're feeling was like, look, you got family, you can't go on this shit anyways. But still, it's like your boys, and even if you know I can't come to your party, yeah, you want to be invited to the party and not find out, yeah, like later. Oh shit, that's what the, the party already happened, like. I didn't know that I was replaced when I was the one that formed the group. You know what I'm saying? And so that shit's stupid. But also, oh, okay. I'll say uh, in terms of comedy beef, um, I don't have uh, – no, I probably shouldn't say some shit. There's no reason to burn bridges, but uh, I would say – You don't have to say who it was. You could just be like there was a time – well, I would say that I, you know, I've been hosting at Laugh Factory for fourteen years. So you must have had a lot of haters, like just guys, garden, you know, watching the throne. Like, what? Nah, I would no, never, I never. The stupidest hate I ever got was I've seen comments like, "PK always brags about these no-name comics. He promotes no-namer." I'm like, that, okay, if that's the the worst shit I'm gonna get, I'm like, and it's not even about you. It's I'm no, like, it's I'm not, go, I'm already promoting. I'm promoting what the Laugh Factory gives me, and they're. They're fucking headliners. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, yeah. just because you know they're not on TV. But it's uh, I've been I I was phased out of Laugh Factory uh, recently. Um, and so anyone listening, uh, PK has been the host on Friday night for what fourteen years? Fourteen years. Well, it was actually Saturday midnight first, then Thursday night at eight, and then Friday night at eight. But over fourteen years, and during that, that time, that is so long. Dude, during that, it, well, it became monthly later, but in the beginning, it was weekly. And not only not only weekly, I would be doing spots during the week. And then when Long Beach opened over there, I did Vegas four times. That's f- the four times was seven days. It was 28 days in Vegas, Laugh Factory. But uh, it was it was a grind. I'm very thankful and grateful. Um, you know, I'm thankful to Jamie Masada, Mika, everybody there. But I think someone phased me out, you know, so uh, someone who works there. It's just it's just politics. I realized, though, I don't have enough movie. I don't have any movie TV credits to, like, have leverage. So I just got to get bigger. And, and it's, a, that, it's a good kick in, in the ass. In that realm, right? Like, because you've, you've been on the forefront of, like, you know, that's like if you think comedy and you're in another town, you think Laugh Factory Comedy Store. Like, those are the two. And right? improv. And improv, and the so but the store is the king. What people, yeah, but what people right don't know is like they come here and then they realize like it's all about your 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 resume. It's about like TV credits. Well, dude, have you noticed? Because social, there's so many comedians now. There's so many celebrities that we don't even know. Like, there's so many. Your comedians. bagger right now at Whole Foods has more. Probably has hundred k. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's he does. so many comedians, and not only this. There's so many hot girl comedians now. This was this wasn't a yeah. thing before. Yeah, that's this, a very new back, thing. Long time ago, Paula Poundstone, Elaine Boozler, funny. You know, they they weren't attractive. They weren't yeah. like girls. You're like, I would. You know, well, they, it's the same. There's so many hot, and, but the thing is, some of the hot girl comedians are funny, but they, some they of them are right. They're good writers. They're good and they're hustle, so they deserve it. But 
They, and if I was a hot girl too, I'd do the same thing. I noticed there is a lot of hot comedians. Oh, it? dude, it, it's at first it was like ten. I remember the comedians used to talk about it. We knew what we would talk about. Now, dude, I'm not kidding. There's like two hundred. There's a lot. There's a lot, man. And there's someone I'm on shows with, and like you don't think anything of them, and then you start following. You're like, whoa. Like, where, where have you been in the last two? Oh, you've been doing comedy six months? Yeah. 90K followers? Yeah, like, massive, wow. massive following. I can't hate on that. I, it, I, yeah. If I was a hot girl, I'd do the same thing. At the same time, it, it's a good kick in the ass. Like, all right, now I just got to write more, come stronger, be funnier. And, and and you know what's important is, like, it's sad, but you got to engage. Um, you got to on, engage online, like, with, yeah. At different media. avenues because you think about like, yeah, they're all hot, but what do you guys do? They click on girls that are hot and then they're like, oh, they're, they're funny too. So it's like hot and funny. Win-win. Yeah. You know, and there's, it's, it's also a lot of clickbait it is where it's clickbait, like, yeah. you know, these girls are, are really attractive and then they do stand up and you're just like, oh shit. It's the same that's uh, with skateboarding now. Like it used to be all like dudes and like if any girl skated they were a dyke <laughs> and then now it's like they're really good looking you know by the way uh before we go on i do have to say you're a you're a really good skater man i've watched so many of your skating videos like randomly over, <laughs> over the always, years I post so many. but you're good <laughs> like those tricks that you do man that's a lot of practice so i give you props for that and the last time we did ice house i mean i've seen you do so many Comedy times. the last time we do it the last time we did um, Laugh Factory, then Ice House, then the store. Damn, we did all like the big. Oh ones. yeah, we did we, comedy, uh, Laugh Factory, and you got me the gig for hosting. So thank you for that. But yeah, you no. crush, man. But I thought the Ice House one you crushed, and then the Laugh Factory one you you did really well. The comedy store one, you mean the last one? The comedy store one, I think you did all right. You mean the one because, we just did? Yeah, but it's just there's too many comics on that show. I love it. I love that mm -hmm. show, but it's just like. By the way, shout shout out to Kiki. Nobody's hustling harder than Kiki, man. She is crushing it. Mm -hmm. I hope she, uh, I hope she doesn't feel burnt out. Although after I think, I after think a while, everybody gets burnt out. But she's in her she's in her like in her prime run right now. I think she's taking a break right now because she feels burnt out, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing is, I remember I was going hard and I, I felt burnt out, and then Jenny Yang went hard. I know you were doing a bunch of shows. Like I, I respect the people who promote and produce because they're the ones who really know. Like it's not easy, man. No, it's not. And it's it's. Uh, so when you say like, okay, this is, I'm I'm just curious in terms of uh, to that Laugh Factory and that Ice House show from the last time you saw me before when we do like Cochino runs and like random little hole in the walls. Have you seen growth? A massive growth, dude. Like with me and my comedy Your confidence. Confidence has yeah. gone more like. It's through the roof. Yeah. I think you're really good, man. I think that uh, just gotta like this is what I don't like doing. But you know, if we do go to the store party later, like network, more. network, dude, like just, network in like you, you're very well networked in the six two six Inland Empire, L.A. But West Hollywood, the whole other world. That's where all the TV show people are. You know, what I'm saying that that whole world where agents. Uh -huh. Like I hate small talk, but we got to do it, and it's not. Uh, I don't want to go in with an agenda, 
Yeah, you want to. You don't want to go there like kind of. You're like creepily like hanging around like, like you agent know. guys and yeah. Like, oh, what do you do? And then like, let me get your number. And then I I'm ignoring you because I'm so into what he's saying. And yeah, like, yeah. Just like I'm thirsty, too thirsty, too thirsty. And I'm, I just want to be committed in 2020 because my kids are growing up now. I got a little more freedom to hang out, and you have to hang out. And I, I've been that's seeing... where that's where the magic happens. That's where you get the. The sets, that's where you hang with, you have no idea. So you could be talking to someone and they're like a decision maker on something. That's, yeah. where all, that's where all the magic happens at Comedy Juice, at the Improv on Wednesday nights. Everybody hanging out, this industry. I wanted to go. I went a few times, but I can't I can't do that every Wednesday, man. It's like... You have family. Yes. I mean, here's the thing, though. I think you've built your reputation well enough in terms of, like, not only in, in the stand-up comedy world, but within, like your community i think you're seen more as this like like that whole thing like the real the original kim king kims of comedy yeah well that's not me but yeah no yours was what was yours kings of k-town kings of k-town so you're like a king well like i think, even though it's small i'm very proud of that because like you're your own king in your own right in terms of collaboration where you know that thing has given birth to so many like really talented korean american or not even like more than just asian american people you see now in entertainment thank you i i think for me the three things even though you know my wife and i we we just get by every month we have three kids we work our ass off we're literally we got a small home locker center a really good neighborhood but it's like we moved from a condo to a house that's smaller than our condo you know like we, we have three bedroom we have three kids we're just we have, we're just trying to figure it out right now and we're we're exhausted and because you have to you're working a lot dude, the mortgage yeah, you can't you can't lose the mortgage or that's everything man and, so, and and tammy's working tammy's working she's a lawyer she works her ass off. i don't know she's a lawyer yeah ucla oh. a man sorry, sorry about the intro it was a metaphor to faith evans and tupac <laughs> i don't want tammy to be like and the kids like just don't like him listen tammy's to a huge tupac fan too yeah so she'll know the, she'll know the metaphor tupac's her favorite so, but yeah. um yeah, she uh, very proud of Tammy. She high school dropout, got her GED, went to Santa Monica College. Realized what am I doing? Uh, you know, was fighting with her mom at that time, and then you know, my single mom. Mm -hmm. She's the oldest of three. She's she like, was a single mom with another uh, dude, not you. Or are you saying? No, no, no. Oh, uh, this Tammy's is how mom. Oh, Tammy's mom. Tammy's mom, oh, single shit. mom, and she's fighting with her mom, and she's like, "What am I doing? I should, I should make her proud, not like." you know, disappoint her. So she, she crushed it at Santa Monica College. She's going to UCLA. She graduated with honors. Nice. UCLA, that's when I met her. And then uh, she went to Loyola Law Did School. Did you meet her raving? I met her at a Korean nightclub called Belfort. It's <laughs> not there anymore. Out, you, you know, when I when I first met PK, it was had nothing to do with comedy. Aiko wasn't a comedian. She was uh, an she import was a, model at the time. Yeah, she was a model. And uh, we had a friend in common who I just so happened to like date at the time. Crazy, crazy Helena, fucking blackout drunk. Helena, I remember, I remember. She was friends with uh, Kyla Yu, and uh, anyways, they're all kind of like Billy's, remember, Billy's yeah. friends. Vision and, shop, uh, like the, the whole Asian party girl. Yeah. So the first time I met you, and I think I said this on the last, we were at some like mansion in in in, in Century City, and uh, I remember Helena was like, "We're gonna go to an after party," and for me, an after party was always like some dude's couch, a couple guys, you know cracking beers like we go 
And first of the guy who opens the door has like a zebra sleeveless shirt and like white pants. <laughs> Wait, are we like we're like an apartment in LA? In we're with this guy who drove a neon green Lambo. He'd show he his name was Ricky. And he drove he was so over the top. I don't fucking, remember this. He was at he all. was don't mess with the Zohan, the Asian <laughs> version. Dude, like just he wore like cheetah all. pants. Like wow. he fucking knew he had money, but he rich like he dressed like those rich douchebags. <sighs> green Lambo. Where it was just like, wow. you know, so he opens the door. And I'm literally just here fucking trance blasting out of the out of the house like DJ Lawrence or whatever. Christopher Lawrence. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like step on someone on the ground. I'm like, I guess it was, it was like, ah, like there was like an uh... E puddle. And so people were just all fucked up on E. And everyone was on the ground. There were people dancing in the living room. Man, I don't and I was like, holy I fuck. I don't remember this at all. Man. Okay, so you were there on the couch. What, but was this in Rancho Palos Verdes? I remember no, it Palos was Verdes, in Century Palos City. It was a girl, import model named Tony. It was this girl named Helena. This guy named Ricky. Oh, wait, maybe it was the Palace. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was Palos Verdes. Was it Palos Verdes? Yeah. Well, uh, I am see that that girl Tony's wedding. I remember. I don't know. It yeah. was somewhere where we were. You wait, were... wait. Let me let me ask you this. At the party, there was another model where the girls were talking shit about her, and she kicked that girl in the chest, and she flew back. I don't remember. While that. on E, dude. What the fuck? Yeah. These people are nuts. I, it was the upper echelon of the Asians that I never knew about. Okay, like, so I'm around yeah, like you were at the party. That that one was a trip. <laughs> oh, this man. girl, that was a model. She got she, kicked in the chest for this, what? This for hot dropping model too girl, much? She, no, these girls, because she talks like, oh my God. So uh, these other girls were talking shit about her, and she goes, it, she just like got pissed, and you know, that Asian temper all of a sudden she was like, Are you talking shit? And they're oh, like, no. eh. And then she dude, she Tony did this? No, this I can't I don't want to say her name. This, this <laughs> we're all chilling there, oh, like no. 25 of us rolling, and she she kicks her in the middle of the chest, dude. In the middle of the chest, in and the, the middle. girl flies back like she got hit by a are you are you again? Oh. Like a, she goes boom, and everybody went, Oh shit. Like she flew back. And uh they're, you know they're about to fight but then we're like hey guys come on we're like we're on e right now like what are you guys doing oh we're on a love how do you even fight on yeah e? and then uh i used to see vietnamese gangsters fight on e i used to see these weird they used to fight with pacifiers sucking on lollipops and fighting <laughs> in white feeders what the worst okay so anyways to get back to the story was you were, we were watching mtv and you were clowning on some music video I'm like, this guy is fucking funny. Like, I remember, like, asking Elena. She's like, oh, yeah, he's a stand-up comedian. I don't remember. She goes, he's a stand-up comedian. And I go, I there's, like, I was like, like, Eddie Murphy? Like, they, they're, like, people still, like, I had no idea about that role. So, anyways, long story short, it's just, like, fast forward to now. And I just think, like, damn, we met, like, you know, in that whole, like, Asian, uh, that little Asian clicky thing that was going on during that time. And then I met Aiko, and she was like an import model. Now Aiko's a freaking, you know, hilarious stand-up comedian. She's really good. I respect her, much. she hustles. So a lot of times it's like, what I'm just trying to get at is like, maybe there's just comedians inside of people that you just, they never get that break to realize like, maybe, oh, I, I, I can do comedy, you know, like, um, but it's not easy, definitely. It's, like, it's, it's really not easy. It's uh, it's funny you bring Aiko up. Aiko is a girl. She you know she became like Christian, born again, 
so she's like, you know, I think I'm a Christian. I don't know. I'm probably the worst. But uh, so if I see her, I feel like, okay, then I guess are we like brother, sister in Christ, right? Whatever. But I remember like even before I knew about her, like to her, Kylie, you like all those import models. Yeah, there was like a whole. I used to jerk off to them, dude. I used to like <laughs> masturbate to all of them. So when I met her, I was like, when you meet a girl that you used to How do you shake you, the, that you shake her hand? Yeah, what? but like inside you're thinking like, oh my. God. Thanks for all the t- good times and shit. <laughs> You're like, what? But then now she's like, you know, never... follower of the Lord, but she's such a good girl. But I just remember like, wow. Like, you jerked off to Ico? Uh, yeah, if you want to put me on the spot. Oh. Not just her. All all the <laughs> old Asian. Ico. Dude, the old Asian import models. How like... about Francine D? She was one of the one probably of the, um, Jerry Lee was another one. Man, if we want to go there, like I think. I, wait, let me <laughs> Let's try. Think to, of all let, the me famous, try to, let me try to throw some names. They're, they're out almost there. like like uh, famous comics. Famous import models are like like baseball cards right now. Yeah. Well, Kyla was number one for a while. Man. Kyla. Yeah. Shout out Elaine. I didn't know her name was Elaine. Yeah, so yeah. the girl's dating's like best friend was Kyla. Oh, oh. And I would be like, yeah, you know this. She's like, oh, you mean Elaine? When you find out the real name, you're like, your name's Elaine. That she has to be like a fucking dork in real life, like a book nerd. But then you see the import model and you just think they're these like sex vixens, like they're gonna go home and sailor moon your dick and shit. And it's like, I don't know, it they're like they're super like intelligent because they use it as a means to market themselves. And there was something that came to the laugh factor. I remember there was like a god, this is Filipino model girl, I forgot her name. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, growing up too, like anything I used, because as a preacher's kid, we had nothing. So I like literally Sears catalog, uh, lawn, the lingerie, the bra section. The uh, Sometimes uh, they would send uh, Playboy ads to your home to, for the Playboy channel. like, And it had nothing, just like a girl's face with like up to her. And that's and what, I, that's all I needed. Like that's like seriously. So when it, when you when the internet started and all these Asian import model girls were like, what the hell? There's I think Asian the girls? first one that blew up was Sung Hee Lee. Oh yeah, do you the remember her? Walked. Oh, dude, yeah. she dude, was like, and she was I, Korean. I spent you spent a long time with that set of that so fucking foldout time with her. Some online. guy next. I had a neighbor. It was a, a good good thing he was a pervert and a hip hop head because because of him, like he introduced me to like import model girls and hip-hop so he'd be listening to woo like and so i mean i actually had never met an asian dude who had like such an eclectic taste and shit like he had every hip-hop cd dog imagine just being some like like dude from colorado like all i knew was like just like white people shit. white people and then sonny leaf pops up. yeah so i come here and i move next to an asian guy and i've never seen another asian guy Wait, where'd you go? I wasn't from Colorado Springs. Holy shit. Did I? I don't know. If I, so like, you I didn't know this. Yeah, I was born on a, in an Air Force Academy. And like, I, I had Hungarian godparents. And your, so dad, like, your dad was Air Force? Well, he wasn't Air Force. He just opened Asian restaurants near the Air Force. Oh, they, they buy that shit. Oh, yeah. So, so he, uh, he at the time, was a mogul. Like, he monopolized the uh, fast food industry in Colorado Springs. Damn. For Asian Americans, because there was none. Yeah. So imagine being the first guy to fucking start a Chipotle. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, low-key, like, we were really well-known. We were wealthy. Uh, we were, My dad was, like, a celebrity yeah. in our hometown. He was in magazines on the news, yeah. commercial. You know, like, when you would watch those crazy Gideon commercials? Crazy Gideon! 
I'm going crazy. Colorado Springs, is that where uh, Colorado State University is? Or what, what Colorado Springs uh, We were near the Broadmoor. So the Broadmoor was famous for their Olympic, uh, their ice skaters. Okay. So the Broadmoor, like, bred almost anyone you've seen in the Olympics from, like, the 90s up, like, Christy Amaguchi, Brian Buitano. Like, I know a lot about figure skating because I grew area. up around it because my, my parents really zoned in on my sister. Because they wanted her to be an ice skater, so like, how old is your sister? My sister's uh, like four years older than me. Did you ever, uh, when she wasn't looking, wear her, uh, wear her <laughs> shit? <laughs> no, I didn't. But uh, uh, I did stab her in the leg with a pen. Yeah. Oh, shut, yeah. shut up. Shut no, up. Not like, what? Well, she was abusive. You're kidding about the Tanya Harding thing. So, like, when we were kids, she was really abusive to me because she had a lot of pressure for my parents. Oh, my God. So, my, my so parents. They were trying to make her, like, an Olympian. Yeah. My parents went China style. Like on tiger her, mom. And she took that anger and used it on me. So, it was this, like, nasty yeah. chain. It was, That's like, a good reminder to, nasty not, to chain. not do that. Yeah, wow. And one day, I remember her pulling my hair because I wouldn't leave a room because I was coloring in a coloring book, Captain Power. And uh, she pulled my hair so bad, like bad, and I was trying to stand up to her, that it started to tear from my head. Like my scalp was fucking ripping, and I just grabbed the pen and stabbed her like, right through the calf. And then that she called the call, and it was like crazy because like you would think in a in an environment where you grew up like kind of privileged, and it was like fucked up. Because my parents were stressed out because the business was so taxing. And then Linda was stressed out because she just couldn't get first place. You and, her. and then I, the, yeah. The so, show. and I was that like kid, you know, like when you see those movies about like family abuse and he's like on the top of the stairs looking through the columns, like I was kind of that kid that was left alone. Do you ever think about writing a story about that? Um, Yeah, of course. I've always thought of I like. I definitely think you should. Man. Yeah, there's a lot of de depth into that shit. But what I'm saying is, so I came from this very like cookie cutter Pleasantville town where the 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 jock got the the yeah. girl I was in love with was a was a was a white girl, blonde girl, hair, right, and right. there was no fucking way I had a chance because yeah. she ends up with the fucking jock. You know, Football it was like player. typical, yeah, typical as fuck middle America. Damn, you should write it. You should write it. So then you we come down here, and I'm in a Mexican meeting. My next door neighbor's Asian. He likes to watch his porn. Wait, so then what year did you move out here to East LA? I came out here. Or, no, not East LA. I came here to a San Gabriel like when I was about uh, 12. 626, six, when you're 12. I was 12. What, so I'm almost old enough to know. Show. So I come here. Yeah, it's culture show. your sister was 16. So my sister, check this out. She gets sent to uh, Lake Arrowhead to train on for an Olympic skate, skating shit. camp. Damn. With the same coaches that coach Michelle Kwan. Whoa. Yeah, that type of money. So my sister is such a rebellious type that instead of taking that training. She partied. Not only did she party, we get a call from the fucking cops. And uh, the entire uh, association was going to press charges because she was found shoplifting over $5,000 worth of merchandise. Mm. So she was out there just like. Yeah. Being a rebel. Yeah. So then she comes home and joins the gang. Whoa. And then it gets real because then she's doing the district. You know, it's the whole standoff with the dad. You fucked my life up. Whoa. So every day I was coming home to them fighting. And then uh, finally one day she got kidnapped and held at gunpoint. Are you serious? Dude, I know, dude, I've known you for a long I time. I know. This I is know dark shit. So she gets kidnapped, held at gunpoint. 
um, by watching. I guess she was in like some want. Like this is how wannabe of a gangster was. I was there in the living room when they were making the gang up. They're like LAC. Uh, well, how do you know? Last Asian, because well, I was hearing them in the fucking room next to me. So one of them was like, "Let's call it Last Asian Creation, LAC." You mean right before they kidnapped her? Not, not right before they kidnapped her. When they formed a gang, so they, her, and a bunch of like really ghetto dudes formed a gang, and so that was part of watching. Because watching is a huge. No, uh, I don't know. Who, I don't know if it was watching that kidnapped her. It was either. I don't know. Because no, watching is a legit. Huge well, I don't Asian think watching did. It, it might have been longer. Asian boy or V boys, like some more like. Well, whatever it was, someone did kidnap her. And I remember that was like, it was kind of insane because then when she had came back and then like, uh, she ended up just running away from, it was like really, it was like crazy, dude. How is she now? She's doing She's cool. She's a, she graduated UCLA. Oh, wow. She was making six figures, San Francisco. What did she do? She's on her second baby. What did she do? She's a head recruiter. Oh, cool. So like, she had a little, she had a little rough upbringing. Shout out to, uh. Georgia's sister, Linda. And Linda, she's having another baby. Congratulations. I'm a recruiter Shout too. Shout out to it's Linda. You're re- oh, you're a recruiter? Yeah. It's a <laughs> what do you recruit guys for the Laugh Factory? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> mortgage loan officers. I call mortgage loan officers okay. every day and uh, try to see who's unhappy with their situation. See if Is this happy. nine to five, Monday through Friday? Yeah, man. It's 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 more than nine to five. It's like, I never knew that. It's weird. Even me, I like see you do comedy. I'm like... This guy just does DJ weddings and people think that dude. It's not enough. I need I need to have a day job that does pretty well, and then I do do the MC weddings on the weekend. My wife's a lawyer, and even with all that, we're just getting by, man. It's crazy. Well, it's not. You live in La Cunada, dude. La Crescenta. La Cunada is the. Well, La Crescenta is still kind of like two million to ten million homes. Is it? Yeah. Is it middle income? Seven hundred eighty thousand dollar. Like it's a tiny home in that neighborhood, La Crescenta. It's La, but the reason why La Crescenta, and there's a lot of people who would understand this, mm-hmm. all over America. La Crescenta is, uh, yeah, La Crescenta is like a. In, <laughs> I know you said Lanka. It's all good. La uh, La Crescenta. Crescenta, it's like a very white area. Oh, white and Korean. It's very, it's, a, it's very a great neighborhood. The school district's amazing. Um, Korean people in the newspaper, they print out which school district the best, and they just move all to there, man. Like that's it. Like they, so, it's a big Korean community there. Well, white people and Korean people. There's other ethnic groups, but after white people, it's Korean. There's three Korean markets. There's four Korean restaurants, maybe five. It's it's like a. Do they have a good K barbecue spot? All right, not. I mean, you can't so, K town, but but here the thing is, La Crescenta has an inferiority thing towards La Cunada because any city that is. Next to another city that's balling, mm-hmm. you feel this like well. So La Cunada is the bougie, super bougie, like Beverly Hills of North LA for sure. Yeah, La Cunada, La Crescenta sounds a little more like I'm from La Crescenta. Uh, well, La Crescenta, and then there's Tahunga where we live on the border of La Crescenta. Yeah, Tahunga, Tahunga gets kind of as soon I as know. you cross over the border, it like gets where grimes. the In and Out is, and all the. Um, medicinal herb places the tagging the big, the big you start stores, seeing the tagging the, yeah it just changes the guys on the bike with the shaved heads yeah it changes so quick <laughs> but then i'm like man i got the best of both i have a yeah you, you're a I little raise a family and then, and then has, have them be a little street at the it, same well, it has, time it has some street on this side and then I, you just the thing about being a comic that lives in la that has a family this is the only city not new york well, you could legitimately raise a family and then you cross over the hill Barham into Hollywood 
or you know, or Noho or you know, I saw and pursue stand up comedy like like, like how many stand up comedians you know that have a family? Louis C.K. Yeah, Jim Gaffigan. Louis <laughs> well, C. Uh, really uh, established comedians. Yeah. But there are some comedians that are dads. I mean, I have a few friends. I mean, they're not as serious as like. No, it takes away a lot of your time. It derails a lot of your time to. Really uh, yeah, so it's hard for you to. Money. So as of. Okay, so you've been doing comedy, what, 20 years? I'll say legitimately 14, 15 years, but it's different because I was only doing it once or twice a week. When How did you start comedy? I, well, if you really want to start it, it's my dad has a, was a pastor of a big church, and I was a praise leader. And in between, I would always slip in some stories and jokes. That's where it started. And then. So you always had it. Like, that no, and then I always. Eddie Murphy, Johnny Carson. I was like, dude, that, man, that's what I want to do. And then. Uh, during college, all these leadership conferences, I would always want to be MC. And when I did that, this Korean ones, I knew that okay, I can do this because it would I would do all right, like mm -hmm. you know. And then um, you know, I was a total nerd, and that's when I started feeling the heat from girls, like whoa, this is something different. But then I realized that like, heat, what do you mean the heat from like girls? right after a perform or some show, like like, like oh they like, thought you were like attractive, yeah, like I felt girls liking me, and you know like wanting me but it only lasts that night as soon as it flips to the next morning all that emotion like goes away i realized with girls it's hilarious but I, that's when i realized like oh so definitely uh you know i was still a virgin then and then in college and then when um i remember laugh factory had this open mic uh, when I started collaboration, I was 23. Mm -hmm. That's when I was like, I was doing ad sales for LA Times. And then so I could finish my sales early on Tuesday and go there and wait for like six hours, you know, sometimes eight to do my two minutes in front of Jamie. I would do that every week. And I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this till something happens. And so then, you started at the factory. At the factory, which I was spoiled because. So you didn't factory. go through that like grueling open mic process. I did. Some places, so I kind of knew what was going on. But then, what after a year of doing that open mic at the factory, Amy Anderson, shout out to her. She she started the Asian Invasion there with Edwin Samuel. I think Edwin might have started a little bit before, but Asian Amy is the one that really ran it. And then she had some beef with Jamie. And then J, uh, Jamie's like, "Hey, uh, I I I need someone who can run this Asian up or bring people. Or you want to be the you want to run it?" And I just was like, "This is it." And I hugged him. I go, thank you. And I started promoting my ass off. And I would bring like 250 people. How many years in when you got this gig? A year. A year in a stand-up? Yeah. Like a your, year into really like. Your trying. first year stand-up, you became a Laugh Factory host. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. What a fucking way to start. And I told him that. I looked straight at him. I'm like, I, I, I will bring people. That's all he cared about. It you was know, he knew I wasn't good. It was like, well, no, you're still you, the host of Laugh Factory. No, but he he knew I was respectful. That was one thing. Like yeah. I was very respectful. You probably got it from all that praise leadership shit because that probably teaches you how to be and a Korean uh, culture. <laughs> the Confucius. I needed that growing up. I was around fucking. And my dad, my dad would like, smack me if I was people breaking into houses and robbing people. I was around like bad people all the time. Even though you were skaters, when you grew up, the hierarchy was gangsters, taggers, skaters. Like, you were the third on piece of shit. So it was like... It Unless was you like, make it big, man. Like Tony Hawk and... No, I mean, Paul yeah. Jr. 
I mean, those guys were millionaires. More, like Tony Hawk was like more privileged skater. Christian Asoy was probably the more ghetto one. But uh, like what I said is, for you to get a job like that your first year in, probably had a lot to say about like you being a like a good person or a character. Like you had some something different to offer Jamie. Maybe yeah. yeah. Uh, I was definitely. I mean, my my. I'm the last of five, so my older brothers and sisters they kept me in check too. I had nothing to do, but no choice but to give respect yeah. like to older people. So I respected him naturally uh, without kissing ass, you know? Like, you just like, didn't respect your fucking, your hand when you're jacking off to all those import models. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so when he gave me that, the first show he gave me was uh, Saturday Midnight Asian Invasion. And he goes, can you bring people? I'll give you two weeks. And I packed the shit out of it. But the, it, that's why I thank everybody who came like the show before went long, like till twelve thirty. People didn't even get to like twelve forty-five, which means they've been waiting for over an hour Damn. on Saturday midnight, and they don't want to be there. And they came in, and we. And this is in. pre-social media, right? During those days, straight emails, dude, just st- <laughs> yeah. spamming everything. This is when people like love going out, going out because well, it was it, like there was, there was well, no the way economy to... was better, but also there were there were so many. There were like ten Asian event crews. Remember? Yeah. They're like Vision Shock on Vision Shock Whisper, on Productions. Yeah. Um, like it, it, uh, <laughs> uh what was the other one on Vision Shock? There, there was, was one movement. more. No, there was way more, man. There was like movement. What was the Filipino one? It was blended, my boy Joe <laughs> Park. Yeah, blended. blended. There was uh Far East movement. But there was so no Far East movement. <laughs> <laughs> but there were like uh, ten Asian event groups. There were the OG like Asian celebs, dude. They brought people together. Like I don't I know there was clubbing, but they really I give them props. They they worked their ass out. They brought people together. God, clubbing, man. That used to be so hot for Asians. Oh yeah. Like what age is there Asian clubbing nights? There is, but it's not as uh, it's not as crazy, right? Yeah, I think that uh, in Cape Town, that spot became what is it now? Uh, Karnak became uh, what is it? But that's a pretty ratchet place. I see the girls that drop Karnak drive by, but they're like super hot. Preve, dude. Yeah, La Preve was. Dude, I got. Did you ever go? Oh, did I go? Dude. I knew a go-go dancer. We were sitting there with the fucking owner, Mr. Cho. Louis Preview, honestly, was the best Asian club in American history. It, okay, guys, for those By who don't far. know La Privé, uh, Nicholas far. Cage booked his wife. I was I was there that night. He was like, oh, I'll take her. <laughs> he Bring brought, her to me, he to brought, my table. I want to know. He bought uh, either one or two bouncers that danced next to him while he was dancing with the girls. And we were looking at him like, what the hell's going on here, man? Ah, shit. This guy's just straight Fuck, up like, selecting was, people like their flavors. La Privé was one of those like baller-ass spots in K-Town where they had the system. Like, in a normal club setting, if you wanted to talk to a girl, you got to go talk to her down to her. Here at La Privé, you'd be like, yo, yo, uh, uh, you'd yeah, want that one, right? You point and the fucking bouncer goes and the throws waiter, her waiter, over his back. Waiter. No, not over his back. <laughs> like the waiter Kong. would bring her over. No, they, don't they pick them no, up and they're like they kicking and screaming? No, but no. The girls <laughs> know what's going on. They come, they want free drinks. Yeah. If they like okay. you, they so, stay. So you get a glorified wingman. You get a glorified wingman. But it, people don't know in Korean culture, though, it's so ingrained. The clubbing in Korean culture, that's so normal. You they party a, so hard. They party till 6 a.m. But, but the thing is, Dude, okay. Korea, you don't go in... up to a girl in Korean culture. You don't go up to a girl that you don't know ever. Yeah. 
you have to be introduced. It's always a referral. So if they go regularly and they know the waiter, they're going to be like, hey, only take me to good tables or I'm not, you're not my waiter anymore. So it's always a referral, you know, referral system. That's what people forget about. Booking was cool, man. I was, I was a proponent of booking. When I was in high school, there were all these kids and everyone looked at Asians and never thought anything. But out of everyone I knew, they were doing the most shit. Because when I hung out with kids, they were like 15. They took me fucking to K-Town. We were drinking Bud Light out of tea kettles. Yeah. We were singing to one in the morning, eating the peanuts. Late night. And it was just like... A lot of underground stuff. A lot of under... I was like, wow, I'm way underage. And I'm just sipping beers. I know I know. at that, there was a raid. A lot of those places got fucked. But like, talk about like, like lifestyle, man. Koreans, like, you know, when I first... You know, because my first girlfriend ever was, I think she was, um, she worked next to you. She worked next to you and she was Korean. <laughs> she knows you. Her name was, her name was Julie Lim. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She so, were, you know, I had a, I had and, an internship. And did, did you, and she did was, you like her or something? Did you bring her flowers? I thought like, she was well, cute. I thought she was cute. Yeah. Okay. So what was that whole? Uh, no, I thought she was cute. She, she worked at a deli at, that was down like at the other edge of the block from where I internet and when I went to get coffee there I was like oh so yeah I flirted with her got a number nothing ever happened uh I definitely messed up I uh we all went is it, with a group of people we went raving together mm -hmm. and I think like right when the e yeah hit, she was a crazy raver no but right when the e hit you got crazy you no know, like I like I just I wasn't thinking straight I had I this is I had just started raving this was literally like maybe the third, fourth E I've ever dropped. You know, when you first start. Mm -hmm. And um, we went to Noct Nocturnal Wonderland in uh, the Orange Show in Inland Empire, you know, like way over there. And like I went with two of her friends and I immediately, I think I like made a move on her friend. And her friend was like, what the fuck? And then she saw that was like, whoa, like, yeah. And then so they just were cold to me the rest of the time and then uh i was like whatever i was in such a rave i was like i party with strangers all night and i said hey i'll just let's just meet at the car and check this out i had a maximum at the time i lost my keys dude they hated me these girls driving them back to the oh no i had to call triple a the they rave? were freezing yeah the were sun came up on drugs yeah the sun came up Ugh. like all the cars were leaving that party and they were like they weren't talking and uh, and we just had to wait this, for this guy AAA to come to pick the lock. Oh then, no, that sounds nasty. It was horrible, dude. All eat out. We got to that. <laughs> so check this team. out. Like so, yeah. And then later I found out you dated her. That's why when I started, I started laughing. Well, she was my port. Like you know how like Narnia had the like you had. To, she was my gateway to Koreatown. So because of her, I fucking learned about all this shit in Koreatown. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why, why are we seeing at 3 a.m.? It's a school night. But it didn't matter, dude. You're playing fucking pool, singing yeah, songs. Man. You're eating solongtong. That's you're, be pre, uh, before Anthony Bourdain opened up to all the hipsters. And then, you know, now Koreatown's not like that anymore. Well, some parts. It mellowed still, out. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, everybody. It it's used way to more strict. be It used so to be crazy. anything goes. It used anything to be goes. Circuit, because in Korea, it's like that. You can, you can drink. 24 hours it's vegas there's no there's no uh cut off in korea i saw 
when I was walking, I've been to Korea like 15 times. My mom lives there. Um, my, well, my older brothers, my sister lives there. They, live there. they all live in Korea? So, yeah, they all, after all their kids went to college, they all moved back to Korea. Your mom's out, RIP your dad. I know you're talking uh, about yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, you're, so your mom's still around? My and... mom's in a uh, like a real cool senior citizen home when they like, she likes it, man. They like have fun, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, what's it called? But yeah, I'm, they're all there. But like, I remember when I would party in Korea, this old man in a suit, like going home from work with like a briefcase, he uh, drunk and, uh, you know, they drink like every other night or every night. He, he fell right in front of me. His wig came off. Oh, no. He put his wig on like it was nothing, like brushed himself off and kept walking. And like the whole time I was just like, oh, should I help him? Like it was nothing. It was, it was yeah. he was gone. Oh, they don't give a fuck, dude. It's like such a... What I like, though, about um, Korean culture is that uh, you guys are so festive. Even Chinese people, man. Like, we're all about, like, the group. It's all about, like, let's yeah, but, all have fun. Yeah, let's Koreans all eat together. Far, let's all get fucked Koreans up. Koreans are let's by all... far the worst at weddings. By far. They and get, I, they like, what do you mean? They, they're so rude. They, they, they turn uh, up. In Korea, the weddings, they don't really have a reception. They have a, they just have a, a, a quick meal at a cafeteria type place and they go there's no like party or anything it's oh, just a, it's stiff it's real cold and stiff it's just a formality it's for everybody to pay respect to their family get your money and then i guess something about the younger so the old people here they don't and plus a lot of the conservative christian Korean, like right after dinner they're gone they don't participate in any part of the reception and if like a lot of times i'm talking up there they're just talking over me they're so, the rudest Koreans after Chinese Korean, are rude as fuck. Well, man. after Koreans, Vietnamese are the rudest. They'll talk over you. They don't care. Chinese are bad too. And then Chinese, but then Chinese people. I the, went to the one thing about Chinese people though. Usually, like an eight to ten course dinner, sometimes twelve course dinner. Yeah, they fuck you up with so food. So they stay, and the food is amazing, the is and they're bomb. not gonna leave early. And usually, by then, if they're buzzed or drunk, they'll party. The older people, but Korean people leave. They take the centerpieces, and they're gone, dude. White people are the best for best man speeches. <laughs> like they 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 watch you like it's a fucking like dude i literally was not even the best man the first wedding i ever had pk i was the man of honor so i was there for a lesbian wedding oh what so there's guys on one side and, and you were the man i'm the, on the bride you were the man the, the man of honor. yeah so i'm on the bridesmaid size i'm like what's up you know what i mean like Wait, what was this? It was. Uh, you gotta Philly. talk about this in a bit. How are you not? This is hilarious. So this was like uh, this, this was, a while ago. This was, yeah, this was like two years ago. And, what um, two? That's not a long time. Wait, so you're yeah, lesbian so friend? Not only that, it's funny because we're taking photos. So as the I have to do, but they're both wearing wedding dresses. So it's like you're so fucking confused. They're both beautiful. They're so guy. They're both in white. How did makeup. you meet this girl? This is one of my best friends. Oh, okay. And so the entire time that we're walking into the aisle, everyone's like, hold their dress up. Like, I wasn't doing anything that you're supposed to do. Like, hold the dress while they walk. How many? Were there other bridesmaids? Yeah, those three other bridesmaids. Do you think they were annoyed that you were the man of honor? No, they didn't give a fuck, dude. They were fucking stoked. Were they no, actually, no, no, no. There was. I wasn't on the bridesmaid side. The man of honor had all the dudes. And the bridesmaid had their bridesmaid. So it's still like you're you're a girl, but you have dudes on your side. But anyways, I went up there and I did my speech. Because she's my best friend, so we have so much to draw from. 
I, I think I crushed harder at that speech than any comedy show <laughs> in my life. Like everyone followed me after that. That's hilarious. I mean, cause it, and plus I had the comedy to give me the confidence to deliver it in like a comedy way. Did you do but some bits? No, no, oh. nothing was a bit at all. It was completely a speech, but I wrote off a piece of paper and I yeah. memorized some, but it just, uh, it remind. it was just like, fuck, do they really listen? Yeah, and dude. so the following week, had by to go far to a- white people are the best at weddings. They come early. They party. They party. Like, they don't care what they look like when they dance. <laughs> they know how to have fun. And they're respectful. Yeah. As, as much as, like, people were, like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of fucked up racism, and the, especially what, what's going on in Trump's America. The, the, the open-minded liberal white people, not the, uh, you know, people who are, like, just, yeah, you know, Jesus chose Trump. Like the the cool white people are literally my favorite people more than Asians because I grew up in Burbank among, around all white people. And when you walk around, you run around, and you say hi, they go hi. They say hi back, hi, how are you? It's not. But so Asian and Armenian people in Glendale, I used to like do a run and like the older people, and go hi. They don't say a word they back. They don't give a and fuck. inside. You know, you want to be like, eh, it doesn't matter. But as a human being, you're like, what a fucking asshole, man. Like, you're like, I just, I said, hi, smile. The, all you need to do is be like, hi, that's it. They and just don't have that in them, the ones who aren't. Part of it's the culture, but part of it, uh, because there's some people I say hi and they, uh, they go, oh, hi. Like, they're kind of like startled. Mm-hmm. which means they're just a cool person it, which means some of them are just assholes and i know this because there's people uh when i am at a stop sign in la Crescenta, and uh because most of the white people are cool but some people they hate that there's so many koreans there they just hate it because you know? <laughs> a lot of the korean fobs they don't talk to white people they speak in their language i think it's you know what the problem is when they when you get these cultures that come in it's they don't assimilate enough yeah but so the thing then, is, and then all that old flashback war shit comes in, and now they're so fucking... they feel like, hey, you need to. Set. But the thing is, like, okay, then uh, you need to be cool, and the more love you show, they will assimilate. But when you're like this, this has happened to me three times, so I know it's not a coincidence. Where I'm at a stoplight, a stop sign. Mm-hmm. There's a shitload of stop signs in Locker Center, and then uh, you know, like the other person goes next, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm supposed to go. But I'm in my minivan with my kid. So the next person just goes right after them because they see I'm Asian. And I know that because every single time it's happened, it's a white person. And they're uh, one time they flipped me off while they're doing it. They went, fuck you. Like, just while they were like. Is just, this recent? This, yeah, well, I mean, I, I moved to Oxana a year ago. So I'm like, wow. I think they ever, like, will see your bit online and be like, oh. No, but they must, be, they must be really annoyed. And they must they definitely, I feel like they're like the Trump supporter ones. But it's like, um, they just feel like, man, you're coming into our territory or whatever. But I'm like, man, if you if we had one drink together, we would be cool. Don't It'd be, be really an cool. asshole. Like, that's all if it someone takes says hi to you, just say hi back. But, and this isn't a racist thing too, but it's like the Korean people blended too. But majority was the Armenian people, the older Armenian people. Armenian, I would just say hi, and they wouldn't even say a word back. And you're like, okay. I would be like, while I'm running by them, okay. Like, damn. I'll be like. They're mean. But I'm like, that's just rude. This one time we were skating, this Armenian uh, 
church and then this the board rolled out hit the girl in her ankle and we're like so sorry so sorry you know and most like people go like oh it's all right she sat there and was like i belong to armenian church i am going to pray every day from the lord that you'll be punished and it was like Every day you're just going to pray that we get punished. That's <laughs> like, how one of us, like, get hit by a fucking car. Oh, like, she'll have man. her, like, her. I told you. Like, she was so mad. I know. It's yeah, like, I God, saw, dude, it was a fucking accident. I personally know a lot of Koreans that do not like Armenian people. But on the flip side, in terms of, like, the history, Armenian genocide is a real thing. That thing and they millions barely of, are trying people, to pass a law. Millions of people are killed, and they're not even acknowledged. So I feel like in terms of, like, a chip on the shoulder, they have such a chip on the shoulder. They, If anybody needs to be hugged, it's, like, Armenian people. They just, like, hey, man, I'm on your side, bro. I love you, man. <laughs> is that why they say bro all the time? Yeah. Like, maybe it's... And here's another thing that I know that people don't look at uh, the video a lot of times. They just look at the title. Because I have a, a little vlog. It only has like 8,000 views or whatever. It said, it said uh, Armenian uh, similarities, Koreans and Armenians, right? Mm. And I would get like real cool comments. And I said, let me, let me see what happens if I put Koreans versus Armenians, right? And I didn't put similarities. But Korean versus Armenians, right? Mm -hmm. I just changed the title. It's the same video. And and these guys were like, fuck you, Koreans. You fucking, fucking bit Like. Because they felt they don't re they don't watch it they don't they're just like oh okay you're gonna come at me they're just instantly defensive and then so when I, right when I switch it back to Koreans and Armenian similarity then it went back to love comments it it just shows like how ignorant people are they don't do the research they don't care to put the time in mm -hmm. to get to know someone if you get if you sat down and get to know someone then you, you're not gonna hate them because you know their story like they've been through as much pain if not more pain than you. So well, what sucks you're an is, asshole um, if you hate them because they're going through the same shit. Well, I, I think labels is what fucks everyone up. Yeah. If no one had a label of a racial fucking hatred and people just live like fucking, I don't know, like dogs in a kennel, we're just, we don't know what we are. We're just all here barking. There would be no conflict. There'd be no like thing to turn to to call a guy a fucking. But it just so happens that a majority group of a certain race or a certain like class of people, right? Like it's like um, when we were in high school and it was a rainy day and your teacher brought in a fucking movie. Like we're not gonna do work today, guys. We're gonna fucking watch, you know, where the red fern grows. Yeah, one of the greatest. And then <laughs> they pop that in, and guess what happens? Me and you are back there you know, laughing and like not paying attention, talking. And the guy gets up. He's like, I, I didn't have to bring this movie. Like, this is me going out of my way to be nice. We could be doing fucking homework. And then someone goes, shut the fuck up. No one wanted to watch where the red fern grows. And you throw a fucking, uh, like a spit wad at him, right? Now everyone's got detention and everyone's going, is everyone's a fucking asshole, right? Now we all have to stay after because of me and you or whoever, <laughs> like Abraham Smith, the spit True. one. Yeah, I hear you. So that's races. Yeah. You you have this majority of people, right? Yeah. Or so like majority of well, cooks. Well, one person can fuck up everything too. Yeah. It's like, so for example, when we go to TSA, we didn't have to, a lot of the young people, they don't know this. We didn't have to take our shoes off every time to see if there's a bomb in there, <laughs> which is who's doing this. But because of 9-11, because these of idiots. 
Or- and then everyone's going to assume, like, let's just say your inner, we're proper people. But if I see a guy with a turban and a not fucking, a turban, that's wrong. That's well, I don't. It, no, if but I know you're saying, but like you know, like if, if I if you see a Middle Eastern guy, not not an Indian. It's guy. maybe it's not a turban. It's just a guy with a white linen cloth. Yeah, well, yeah. Weird, no, I've like, sat next. To, I've sat next to Middle Eastern dudes where the whole time I'm like, the typical <sighs> ignorant guy is going to yeah. make the assumption in his head, even if it's a joke. It's a terrorist. You know what I mean? Just because that's the fucking imagery that we're put on. By certain classes of like that, that's what's like. It's, I think that's why we're in such a PC culture because this new culture comes in and they don't understand what Asians do and what yeah. black, and they're like, Why are you? Because we're from the YouTube culture, we just yeah. listen to guys who vlog and fucking. Well, one thing that will help though, I do firmly believe is that, well, even though I'm not helping, is you know, I married a Korean girl, we have Korean kids, we live in Korea, a lot of Korean neighborhood, like a lot of they go to they they, they hang the with, Korean race, they hang, with, they hang out with all the other Korean kids. Man, so I'm yes. not helping that, but in terms of uh, people having kids with mixed races, that definitely helps a lot because those kids are growing up like, look, I'm not, I'm not identifying with this whole like, I'm white power, I'm Asian, I'm like, you know. They're, they have a very uh, layered, complex identity, and that's not just based on that. So I highly promote and advise mixed races to have babies if, well, you're, if you're ready. Okay, so thing. so this is insane. One of my clients, I teach skating, and this is she, this girl works for Martin Scorsese Direct. It's her fucking Martin Scorsese's like film location. He's a, She's he's, Korean. He's a legend. And it's like... He's the greatest director of our fucking time. He's one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Yeah. So anyways, the daughter is so young. To her, he's just an old guy. Oh, he makes movies. They're like, no, that's he made The Godfather. Like, you... But anyways, she's Korean and she's white. And we're in K-Town and I'm teaching her how to skate. And um, we're, we're skating past all these Korean restaurants. I'm like, I just stop and go, you're so lucky. You have both. Most kids won't even be like because you have your mom who is actually from Korea, speaks Korean. She could take you to Jajamyeon. She could take you to a whole new, different side of just one side. You have two sides of culture. You have the American and you have Korean. And just to have that extra, you know what I mean? Like getting, being able to like taste a different food, go to Korea, see, listen to BTS, I, whatever it is that's Korean is like. You just have a, a free ride to a whole different experience yeah. based on just these two things coming together, which is kind of insane to me to be like mixed, right? Like if you're black and Chinese, not to say like, you know, maybe you just be like typical American guy, but it's like, what if you, you get to discover like two sides of your culture that are completely different? If that's what you're comprised of. Yeah, or some people three, four, five, six, seven. Like you know, they have so many different ethnic cultures in them, and I think that that's what's going to break down. That's, what, that's what's going to break down a lot of racism. You know, as far as me though, um, you know, number one, I'm down for my community first. That that uh, song is a dilated people's one worst comes to worst. My people come first. You know, like that's definitely. That dude started following me from Dilated. Shut up. Yeah. Nice. So I tagged him in a skate video. And then yeah. he saw, the first thing he liked was a, a comedy photo. Oh, nice. 
but like you know when the 92 riots april 29 92 when that happened you really realize like okay even though i don't own a gun i'm never gonna the korean valley judge uh, i'm always for the second amendment like everybody in america america is beyond the point where you cannot outlaw guns there's way too many people to have it you just need like the good people to have it but that that will never happen it's just you just need to regulate it and so if nobody nobody was protecting k-town during that time they made a wall around the west la beverly hills they made a wall around hollywood on the north they made a wall around downtown and they when the riot was coming northwards from south central they're like yeah let's just let k-town deal with yeah. of it and burn to the ground we just watched and a I have movie friends who lost their entire I have friends like that too. And they had insurance. They got pistol whipped in the riots. And nobody ever thinks about them. It was so fucking unfair. And they lost the business owners. Yeah. They're everything. Their dream, everything. And but how sick was it to watch this diary? He's got the OG fucking Korean military from the they were fucking fought in like war. They were G's, bro. They were OG, OG like war veterans, war vets, and they're bro. like, "Oh, okay, there's no regulation. Let's go then. And Let's do were, our own." They were just fucking, dude. Radio Korea put on a put on an announcement. Um, if you know, if you can't uh, support by uh, by uh, shooting, you know, guarding the stores yourself, then donate your guns. And all, all these Korean people drove in their guns to Radio Korea, and then Radio Korea was distributing them to the older Korean men. And the gangsters, all the Korean gangsters, shout out to uh, Sunny Kanghyung and uh, you How about boys KBZ, and the Korean Playboys. Were they in there? Korean PP, KBB, probably. Like the well, you you boys for sure. I don't know, but I, yeah. I do know that my a lot uh, of the gangsters like the got gangsters. Got, oh, I want to hear this. This is cool. The gangsters mm-hmm. that were uh, eighteen to uh, maybe sixteen to twenty at the time, they protected the uh, the Korean markets and stores and one of them my my uh, friend jenny that i went to ho- college with at occidental her older brother eddie got shot he was killed Fuck. and so he lost his life for the ellie riots and it's like it they protected was did they put a documentary about him or anything recently I think it's I never from the korean set so i'm waiting for someone to do something from yeah, the always, korean side. it's always like a white guy or something it's what it's always like it shows mostly like and I'm down for it, the anger of the black community, and which I completely understand. It's fucking bullshit. Like what happened? But it's it just. But it's, it's like it never shows. Like yo, yeah, Natasha Harlan, Sunja Du, when she, she killed her, that's fucked up. Most Koreans believe that just because this one fucked up grocer, like killed this nine year old. Uh, I don't know how she was. This, this girl. She shot her back in the head, back of the back in the back. Yeah. And she deserved to go to jail. And the white female judge let her off. She's probably racist, right? She hated right. black people. Doesn't mean that we all think that you you should come up to our hood well, and just burn everything it's down. It's Tupac Biggie, bro. It's just that that one person to incite a fucking war, and then everyone just rallies behind that but ideology. It's all, prejudice. it's it's all prejudice. prejudices. But you know I what it is too. It's, it's helped a lot. Is over the years, music, music helps a lot. YouTube. YouTube helps a lot. Podcasts, that's for sure. Interracial relationships. Stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. So for me, I never grew up with that type of uh, identification because I guess when you're like a skateboarder, it was like kind of like comedy. Is he funny or is he not funny? Is he good or does he suck? Yeah. So we were always about people like – if they were good or they sucked. Yeah. 
So like when I when I actually started hanging outside of skating, it was the first time I started getting you know Asian driver jokes and like I was like, whoa, I I didn't know we were bad. You know, that's when the the generalizations started to kick in. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I think we're in a new forefront of just everything. It's changing, man. I went to the un- Unforgettable Gala last night. Fuck. I went to Unforgettable Gala last night, which is like the Asian Oscars. I much. saw that. Yeah, I saw that on your story. It's uh, $250. A- Aquafina won? $250 a ticket. Did you get it for free? Because The only reason why I go and I take Tammy is because I uh, I get free tickets because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a judge. I'm a voter on the winners for a, because I started collaboration. So. The gala is nice. Yeah, so, so you had to wear a suit and everything. Wear a suit, and uh, everyone's there. Like the who's who of Asian community realize, yo, this was is, Jimmy Owing there? Yeah, this is a historic time for Asians. Yeah, why am I not there? Fuck. Well, I feel like I'm in the first lane driving a minivan where all these people. It's all about getting on. Movies and TV, but at the same time, they had a digital influence award, and Bobby Hundreds won. And Bobby Hundreds, oh shit, I, you know, he's Bobby a- went to law school for one year with Tammy. That's crazy. Before he started the Hundreds, and Tammy was Can like, I, I remember when Bobby told me I'm gonna start this clothing thing, and Tammy told me, "It's like what? Like what are you doing?" And last night when she saw Bobby said the word, she was like, "Whoa." So Bobby set the foundation for my entire social media, um, what I do, because I was a huge follower of his blog. And what he did was just expose shit, travel. Uh, There was no angle. It was just to share street culture, skateboarding, food, art. I vibe with him. And he was constantly in different. And I was like. I was like, I want to be like the hundreds, but as a stand-up comedian. So you can see it through the lens of a comedian, but I get to share, you know, things that are like, maybe people don't really get to vibe with on a daily basis, like skating, art, street culture, food. Um, And I remember running into Bobby and just saying like, thank you for your blog. Because it really gave me a fucking guideline to how I want to, you know, run my program here you know i want to say if anybody's listening to this and you know bobby like george like at first i didn't i wasn't feeling it because the price point i was like yo i'm a dad i'm kids i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy i'm not in the i don't buy the gear i'm in the the lifestyle no but i didn't know anything about them oh do you know anything about the hundreds i didn't know no i i knew my nephews were rocking the hundreds and they're they're in their mid-20s right Mm -hmm. and they're like all about the street cool the cool clothes i'm like man i'm old ass man i'm not gonna but then last night when he gave his acceptance speech it was so on point. It was so about love and thoughtfulness and kindness that man, I became such a fan. And I, I was like, yo, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with this guy. You know, I'll fuck with this guy. Whatever he does, like. But I, I do have to say though, I'm still not buying his shit. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> but if, I, I would but never if, bought his but shit. But Bobby, either. if you ever send me anything, I'll rock it on stage. Shout yeah. out to Bobby yeah. Hundreds. Yeah, absolutely. Hundreds. Like, he, uh, he, he literally. Followed his dream and made it happen. Yeah. And he was in law school, man. So when I uh, got exposed with to him. James Rowe, Far East Movement, he did one year of law school. And before, where's James at now? He's just doing Far East shit. Yeah, but they, they still make a killing. Yeah. Yeah. Shout anyway, out to Far East Movement. Far, but they were both in law school with Tammy, Bobby, James. James went to law school? Mickey Eyes from Drunken Tiger, who's like one of the 
biggest fashion moguls. You know, I realized I wasn't a rapper. I got invited to a write session to write a song with Far East Movement. And this was like pre them blowing up. And the, the entire time I just was joking around with James. And I saw Kevin getting annoyed because he's like, this is serious work. Like, you can't be like cracking jokes in the studio. And then like it just dawned on me. I was like, ah, probably not a rapper, dude. I'm a comedian. You're, I'm the guy good. on the side who likes to make people fucking like crack up. You're, you know? you're a good rapper too, but I think that uh, it would be better if the, the crazy uh, funny Asians, uh huh, crazy woke Asians, crazy woke Asians. Uh, Eric does a crazy funny Asians. Um, just came out harder with like a more Tupac kind of thing, like a rap song. Um, to be honest, here, so the rap... So it's cool, but the hook is too, like... But... It's too, hey, hip-hop well, parade. Like, I think it should come more, like, you're a good rapper, and you come out... You, you gotta come out, like, hard and more... Not, like... It, it, it feels corny, man. Like, hey, crazy, rich, hey. Like, it, like I'm cheering along, too, but it, it like... It doesn't... Well, can I, can I tell you? I wasn't really... Um, we didn't form that. Like, it wasn't a, like... She literally said, can you rap a verse on this thing? And I gave her a verse that I wrote in high know, school. But you're the only rapper. And then she doing started it. doing it on stage. And I was like, Why? this is not a song, dude. The real lyrics to that was to a song I wrote for me, which is actually kind of a serious song. So I, in my mind, I was like, when we started going on stage and doing that as an intro, it was kind of improv. It, I don't have anything for Everything crazy woke. Fine. I just feel like the hook has to be different. Yeah, I, I maybe crazy I need to write a, a Asians, more mother, father, like something like you should take you should be in it, dude. No, Why don't you write I don't a fucking lyric? It, but I do not want to be in it. I don't plan for that. I don't time. <laughs> I, that. I love Kiki. I, all I want to do is promote the show, do my set, and bounce. But I I I I get it. I get the vibe of it, and it's very. Uh, Cool. But Let I, me just it tell just you, I just to be, it needs to be. It's not my. It's it not needs my to be child. Cooler, and it, there's no cool vibe of it. It feels like this is, yay! Let's start the show. And I think if the hook is like, it needs a better hook, right? Way better well, hook. He, and he's not play. a rapper. No, I know. Like, so but, fuck you. Write the hook. I don't know who's no, the get a ghostwriter. I don't want to write the hook. Have Dumbfounder write. Have Aquafina write. Why would he want to? No, I feel like. I feel like uh, you got to be the one to drive that, really. I'm not. I don't know, though. It's weird. It's no, like, I'm saying literally. If you think I should write the hook? Literally. I never wrote the Literally, if it's only crazy, woke, Asians, mother, father. Like, literally, even if it's that, it's better than crazy, woke, Asians. Okay. Like, I, it's cool, but it's not. It, okay, this is how this. It's like if you have a. If you have collaboration, you have an intro, and you go, George, just put a verse on it. And then all of a sudden, I give you my verse, and then you're like, we're going to go tour with this. No, I know. But it's like, you know, Kiki's just trying to – she's ambitious. She's just doing but Kiki is – fuck the song. It's the fucking production. Every show I've been on, Kiki has thrown, has sold out. It doesn't matter where it she's is. She's a hustler, man. She will sell it I out. love her because – she doesn't. Most people overthink things, and they're like, "No, but well, with this and that, she just—it's the Hong Kong just hustle, dog. Does it? It's Hong Kong, and that's hustle. why. Like, uh, I don't know if Tony listened. Tony Ben, if you listen to like people like Tony, I'm like, "Yo, bro, like, what do you do for your day job?" He's like, "Oh, I'm looking right now." I'm like, "Dude, if you're have kids, 
and you're a comedian, you got to be producing shows, man. Like that's how, that's the only way. You can't be waiting for a spot. There's literally like every single day, like more comedians coming out of the woodwork. And it's like, if you're not producing, right, it's not going to happen, you know? And it's like, I, I'm like, man, please, you guys produce. Because I'm doing one. I need you guys to do one so we can all well, hop on I, each other's I'm, shows. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be producing two. I'm looking for the – so one is I'm going to just – it's called I Used to Skate. And so what we're going to do is like uh, it's going to be funny. We're going to have like uh, – it's going to be me, Martin Rizzo. And uh, I'm going to have like the requirements. You have to send a tape that you could kickflip. And then we're going to have like comedians at skateboard, like Eli Nicholas or whatever. And we're just – Eli Skates? He does actually, and then every month we're gonna bring on a pro from the industry who's always wanted to do it. Like, here's your chance. You get five minutes. You know, um, we're gonna maybe start kind of small with like, wait, so comedians like escape? Yeah, dude. You know, I love that. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? So in my place, in my home, uh, I have a ping pong table, and my dad—that's the only. I mean, it's like a ping pong or something. Fucking the, dude, but that's the one thing my dad. I'm, I'm like, I cried uh, at his funeral when I gave a speech. Was like, one thing my dad always did was he played ping pong. That's like, like his version of playing catch with me. Yeah, and he spent time with me. And he, <laughs> would, he would get mad at me for not like take your hand out of your pocket. And, you know, be be ping proper. Pong. Did you ever so, watch that like, movie Ping Pong Player? No, <laughs> but I want to. Uh, I I do know some comedians that are really serious about ping pong. Do do a Jitter funny Freemander, subject. Jitter, no, but no, no. What I'm saying is, I I want to hold a tournament and film it, like like comedians that play ping pong, and because I feel like I could kick everybody's ass too. at ping pong. Yeah, like I feel like I could beat them all. You I, know, I, you got to play Jimmy Wayne. He's yeah, a ping pong guy. I heard. He, I heard. I want to play Jimmy. Jimmy Judah Freelander said he could beat anybody. My dad used to come back from early morning prayer. Like he used to go like six a.m., come back seven seven thirty Saturday morning and wake me up. I didn't even want to be. He goes, wake up, play ping pong. I'm like, I don't want to play ping pong and wake me up. Ping pong, and and I'd have to play ping pong for hours. Do you know um, Steve Lee's joke where he goes, "I'm so Chinese, <laughs> my dinner table has a ping pong net." <laughs> That's funny. How <laughs> Steve? Shout out to Steve. Steve. Uh, okay, so. Guy. This is how much of a legend he's become at the comedy store. I gotta take the meanest piss. So she's gonna, um, he's on, so Steve goes on Kill Tony, like religiously, and murders, right? So, uh, he he does a set? He does a set and does really good. Damn, I I have a funny, okay, let me tell you about Steve. I I thought it was just a live podcast. It's one minute. You can go and get picked. I wanna go. So Steve does this thing, which is uh, pretty funny, and this is just an observation of Steve. So Steve's that type of guy, like, um, you you know that friend that you have, like, every show he crushes? He always, like, crushed it, you know? So Steve is, Steve's word is, like, he he always goes like this. I, I like, I'll give an example. Like, let's say Steve did a Ice House show with you, Eli, and um, Ico. So I call Steve. Hey, Steve, how's the show? Donkey, by the way, little donkey. Hey, sh- I go, Steve, how's the show? He'll be like, ah, you know, the show is pretty good. And then he'll be like, oh, how did how did PK do? Oh, PK, you know, they dropped the ball. <laughs> and then he'll be like, how did I call? You know, I call one-liner. And then he'll be like, how did Eli do? Oh, Eli did okay. We're like, how about you, Steve? You know me. I fucking murder. 
I fucking murder that shit. <laughs> and everything he does, he fucking murdered, uh, and everyone uh, else hilarious. does okay. He, does, I fucking he, murder. he does great, though. He goes, I fucking murder. And so he does it so much that me and my friend Zach did a podcast to just to get him on to say he murdered. Right? So the entire time, I don't know if he caught on. We, we kept asking about That's shows. Hilarious. We'd be like, how's, up, how's the show? And I said, oh, show, okay. You know, that's pretty good. And finally, like at the end, we got him all horny because I guess he won a roast battle. So, and he oh, beat nice. Guam Felix. I don't know. That, yeah. So, we're like, oh, how did you beat Guam? Yeah. I mean, I was like, so how's your action? I fucking ran it. And then the podcast turned That's off. That's hilarious. Dude. So, we like That's missed him. I got to hear that one. I got to hear that one. But yeah, so his thing but... is, is always, I fucking murder. That's hilarious. I'm a PK, a PK, average. Hey, I got to. <laughs> Like, let me tell the Stevie story. Like, all right, hold on. This, but wait, hold okay. on. Let me. Uh, so, yeah. So, so yeah. Is. This is my uh, Steve Lee story, man. What's up, Steve? You listen to this. Uh, so, I'm at, this is like three years ago at Flappers at the Burbank Comedy Festival. And uh, it's a Monday night. And uh, Barbara, Dave, you know, Barbara used to be my manager. I only got like two shows there. <laughs> so, Monday night, it's, it's popping, but it's not like packed. So, it's, I, I do a, sh- a set. And then um, in the main room, and then we're at that bar on the left side, and I see Steve. And then, uh, like, I legitimately had to go home. I, like, I was like, hey, Steve, I talked to him for, like, five minutes. Yeah, he, he'll go and, like, find out who a booker is and go watch your show. No, I, I was like, Steve, I got to go home, right? So I, go, I walk to the other side towards the parking lot, and then um, – I see Darren Carter, you know, Darren Carter, the party starter, Red Rooster, party starter, who I love. And then, uh, you know, our, our, both our sons were in the same Taekwondo thing. Mm-mm. So I see him and then we just start talking. Right. And I had told Steve that I have to go home. Right. Oh no. he won't So Darren's you. like talking, 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 dude, we're like talking for like 20 minutes, man. And then like, so Steve starts coming by, you know, Steve's a slow walker. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Steve comes by he just hear and he crap. sees us. And I feel like an asshole because it just looks like I just like dissed him because I need to go talk to someone more important or something, right? Yeah. And then so uh, I, I right, like right when I was about to be like, hey, Steve, what's up? Dar- I had told Darren to go, hey, Darren, dude, I got to go home. I told Steve I got to leave. Darren immediately because he's funny as hell. He's like, PK, like right when he sees Steve walk up, he goes, PK, I've been trying to go home, but you just keep wanting to talk, right? Oh, no. <laughs> he's messing around. So he set and you up. He's not in a funny way. And then I was like, what? And then I go, dude. And he goes, PK, I've been trying to go home. And you, and you just keep on the top. And I go, dude, that is not true. And then I don't even know if Steve really believed me. But I just, that's the truth, Steve, if you know. He probably didn't remember that. But I remember thinking, Darren's hilarious, man. He was like. So PK is. um. I mean, sorry, Steve is, uh, he's the type that, like, he's there for business. I'm going to find out what Pika is. I'm not talking about him booking around. I do have to say, Steve, as I love you, bro, I don't know if this has changed, but a long time ago, you know, you're the nicest guy, but (laughs) you needed needed a breath mint, bro. (laughs) A piece of Wrigley's spearmint gum would have done, like, sometimes your breath was kicking hard. And uh, I remember, I remember, I offered you one, bro, and you said, "No, nah, I'm good." And that's when you're like, "Oh, come on!" Man. I think Walter has a bad breath story, but they were in like the Hong Kong comedy competition. Dude, him and Steve did a competition in China, like Hong against Kong. each other. Yeah, him, Eli, Jason Chetty. 
Jason, Jason Chenny is a beast, I, I heard, by the way. I heard Jason awesome. Chenny, if you're listening, Jason Chenny is a beast. That guy is – I hate it. I hate it when I see him because I'm like, he's better than me. And I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> in a good way. In a good yeah. way. Jason Chenny, man. Um, but, yeah, I guess Walter Hong advanced. Like, the, he was the one that advanced out of all of them. Oh, oh so he won the whole thing. No, Walter made it to semifinals with Steve. Oh, and then so I think he got farther than Jason and Eli. Oh, so who, but who, who won between uh, Walter some and random Steve? girl? No, but who won between Walter and Steve? I think Walter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Walter's more uh, experienced, way more yeah. years. Yeah, he's got some years in. And he's got a lot of new stuff that's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my Steve Lee story, man. It's hilarious. Like, Darren's like, I've been trying to leave. <laughs> He's fucking murder. He fucking so he uh, can't drop the ball. So what happened was, um, okay, so Comedy Store puts out a video of Bobby Lee backing up into Sam Tripoli's car. Did you know? Oh, I that? saw that one. I the saw first it. comment is Steve Lee's a better driver. <laughs> like he's Who that known. That? In, no, some random comedy. That's cool. Man. So Steve, Steve Lee, Lee has hilarious. a low-key cult following no, in the, the comedy that they, Yeah, like they... Because <laughs> he goes, be a fucking murder. I'm not lying. It, the, why I love you, Steve, is you do murder. And I love that you're fucking... Yeah, you have good, no humbleness really about it at all. Man. He's just straight to the... Like every... <laughs> there have been shows where everyone did so bad. And you know, oh, man, what do you think? And I'm like, you murder? I, I was actually <laughs> like, exactly. Like he's so like, no humble, no, no, you know, like toning it down. Whoa, I murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. murder. I fuck a murder. So ah, he left home. There was a. Uh, do you remember uh, Jamie Gong? He was a producer of comedy. Uh, 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 takeout. Takeout comedy. Yeah, that was the guy who, I guess, hosted the competition or whatever. So Joey Gila. He used to always do a Jamie Gong impression, and he used to go, Joey, what happened? Paulo got a kill. What, what happened to you? What happened? I used to die, dude. Joey did that, like, literally after every show, and I would die. He literally would say after every show, but what happened? Paulo got a kill, but what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> Shout out to Jamie Gong. He put me up most, lot, un man. most underrated Asian comedian, Paulo Gata. Yeah, I agree. He's... He, I feel like he's he doesn't, the retro he doesn't, Jenny. He uh, market himself. He's enough. the retro Jenny of, of Asian comedy. Edwin, I think he's Edwin touched. Edwin San Juan, Paul Ogata, I would say Joey, Joey Gila. Paul Ogata over, like, I think over Edwin for sure. I would put Joey Gila up there too, man. Joey, Joey Gila. Joey Gila, he just doesn't. Like, How about Ron Jassal? Oh, fucking beast, bro. Ron, Ron Jossel is, I would put Ron Jossel, Paul Ogata, Joey Gila, Edwin San Juan. Like on that top tier of underrated Asian community, oh, we're probably forgetting some people. And they're that, so right? chill and humble. It's like yeah. you know they don't give a fuck. They're just there to. They do, do but it's like I mean, like they don't like they're there to be funny and do their job. Rex Navarrete. Uh, there's a whole but Joe. Joe was the one that just emerged from everyone, right? Like, well, to be honest, Joe's the best in that. Yeah. Joe's amazing, man. He's pretty amazing. I've seen dude, him. He sold uh, out the forum. I've seen him kill for three hours straight. Dude, he sold out the forum. Dude, he let me open for him at Irvine Improv, at the Brea Improv, and then watching him, he opens every show with a 10, 15-minute improv set. Like, it takes me a year to come up with 15 minutes. He, he opens every show with an improv that 
crushes. And like these sense. people are here to see him. A lot of them are like, we don't want to hear the same shit. So he has to like keep coming up with like constantly. And it's like he he was born to do that. Yeah. But but riding in his tour bus, I realized this is real. I don't need a tour bus, but one day I'm gonna do comedy, just making a living doing comedy. That's do you think you were like, okay, when you go, he was born to do that? Do you feel like you had that in you? Like you were you were, this was this was God's gift bestowed upon you. Yeah. But not like Joe's level though. I'm not like Jay Chappelle, Joe. Like I feel like I'm on that next tier of like I can make a li- there's a whole there's a lot of comedians that make a living. Mm-hmm. They're not like and I don't want to be tier one famous, even though I'm only known in K Town. That's annoying. When guys come to you, hey PK, you don't remember me? I go, oh sorry. They go, remember I came to Asian Night three years ago, laugh at you. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and then they do this. They go, you're Hollywood, man. I'm like, dude, I'm K Town. How am I gonna remember you? Remember you emceed a wedding four years ago, my cousin wedding. You don't remember me, dude? Imagine, like, when dude. you're really famous, the reason why they get weird is they can't go out anymore and they can't hang. I had a normally. I had a guy he hadn't seen me twenty years. Just call me like right before I'm about to go into a movie because it's time to catch up. And then he starts bringing up all the shit that I've done on TV. And I'm like, I'm going into a movie, dude. He's like, well, I'm going to be leaving. And then I feel so bad because, yeah, I known him through high school. But why all of a sudden? But like, you just called me out of the fucking why, blue. Why all of a sudden? I don't know. Email Does me, feel dude. Because like, you're blowing up. You're doing stuff. I don't know what it is, but it's just like people when they see someone on TV doing things, they lose their minds. They, they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of it, and they want to tell their friends that they know you. And it's a it's a weird thing. It's not like it's not like I go to a place and everyone knows. It's like people from high school all know because it's clicky. So then I get a lot of these high school people DMing, Facebook messaging, calling. Acting like I'm too good. We weren't friends in high school, though. You know, it's I. If I had a connection to you, I would. I would probably wait before to go to the movie. You know, I'd just be like, "Hey, man," but like, I, I a lot of them I wasn't close to, and people get really weird because it's like that's the only thing they identify with. Well, but they every, don't know yeah, what you've been through. They, in want, last they want to be a part of it. If you feel like, they feel like you're blown, they want to tell their friends that they know you. You know, they want to, like, latch on. But also, fame is currency. And so, like, most people, they don't know how to get... It is currency. They don't know how to get any type of fame unless if it's, you're a hot girl, you can show your ass, which is amazing. <laughs> like, they have millions of followers. It's ridiculous. But then, like, otherwise, you got to have a talent. And then it's, like, if they don't, they want to latch on. And it's... it's uh, I There should be a show, like a game show. This I just thought of it right now. Where they uh, bring, like people with large followings on IG or whatever and be like, all right, would you trade in all of those? We're going to wipe your whole thing out for money. And they make them an offer. That's a pretty cool. uh, You know what I'm saying? And then they say like how much, and then they have like different offers and you can never, you cannot start another IG again. (laughs) Dude, how much? Because it just shows how, how that, because most of these people would never ever sell their shit unless it was like a million dollars. They would never ever, trade in their ig because the attention the validation all the likes and and a lot of people are fake as fuck they buy all their followers so the, that game show would like expose people to like oh we found out you bought all your followers you know we we followed all the like and so 
like th- there could be a cool show where they're like, do you want to, cause I would dude, I would cash out. If I could get to a million, I would cash out a million dollars. Well, for sure. Can we, I know this is probably gets like broken record player, but can we talk about real fast? Uh, when you got on that show, I got you on the yes. NBC thing. Yeah. Take it all. So, okay. So I got, uh, I got a casting call to do this game show and I had done shit with them before. And, um, they asked me to come audition and I could bring a friend. So I call PK, uh, cause I just felt like, you know, he's the perfect candidate, family man, Asian American. <laughs> <laughs> you go there we and, it and the entire we time in the car, we we're, yeah, we're getting high and all his guys saying, dude, if I win, I'm going to give you like, like, you know, it's that whole thing. Like if you win this, okay. Did I say half? Because if I did, then I did not follow through. You did say half. I did. Okay, you then did I, say half. I did not follow through. Then. I mean, you didn't give me half, but it's fine. I think you, I gave you, you five you Gs. You gave me five Gs, but it's... But it's can I be honest with you, though? The rest of it went to Solomon's preschool, the learning castle. It look, I'm like not I, mad. I no, just, no, no, no. Because I probably... Thinking about it now, if I said half, I did not follow through. But I did spend the rest of the money... On Solomon's Learning Castle preschool, I wasn't like. Well, here's what happens. So we go to the audition. We, me and him, get to the final round, and PK. You didn't get to the final round. We got to semifinal. I got to the final round. No, you got to the final round of the audition. I got to semifinal where you really kept eliminating people. The gay guy liked me, bro. So the gay. I dropped the ball because I, I just PK was just was way more like. for the market, and then at one point I cussed. I was doing comedy bits. I was literally doing. Comedy I like bits. cussed and was like, "Yo, like I just." And you even told me you're like, "What happened to your swag?" Like I didn't. The George Wang, I knew he wasn't there on that edition, and I was like, "I don't know, whatever." It just probably was your moment, you know. So you took you took the fucking the gig. <laughs> he go, and next thing you know, this guy is Channel Four Prime Time. I mean, like, I won the whole wants, thing. Who wants to make a deal? But you know what pisses me off? And when you know the entire off? fucking you know what pisses me show. off? It was only on for a week because because every other every other person on there was a liar. Me and Steve Dez, shout out to Steve Dez, were the only honest ones. So they canceled the show because the ratings dropped because everybody was so deceiving. We're the only honest. Tell ones. them what the fucking premise of the show was. Yeah, you you uh, it's like a white elephant, and at the very end, there's two people, and then all the prizes that you win, you tell each other, okay, you, <laughs> your guys is. Oh, you, you, you tell a story. You either say, "I keep mine," or uh, "Take it all." And or if you both say I keep mine, you both keep yours. If you if one person says take it all, the other person says I keep mine, then you take you yours and theirs, which every other episode did during that that week. Or if you both or you both say take it all, then you both lose everything. So we both said I keep mine. We won twenty five Gs. Every other episode that week was a hundred thousand. You just want was it more? I turned in everything else. It was, it was a 20, 20 person trip to Miami. Tammy came with me afterwards. She's so like, how much was it all total? Did you take home? Twenty-five thousand. Not 20, bad. But at, we'll get no after twenty-five thousand after taxes was about probably like sixteen. Yeah, I mean honestly, then so you at, did give me half. I didn't give you half, but check this out. There's a there's a preschool you can look it up in learning and locking out called Learning Castle. Okay. Solomon is born premature. He has a stuttering thing. We put him in there. It really helped him. I probably well, should have gave you Uncle Wang. Hooked I probably, you up. No, I probably should have gave you more, like seven. But I gave you five. 
hey, at the end of the day, you could have given me anything. Um, most people just talk out of their I ass. would have for sure given you something. But at the same time, nobody knows this. During the real taping of the show, mm -hmm. when Tammy was there, I ate an edible. I was... I was in another world, and I, Dog, I was, when I I was laughing on, the whole time. When like, I watched it on and TV, crying. you guys cried at the end. I cried. You both were like, you, you know better why? tell the you truth. Know why? And Steve's like, you better tell the truth. No, I, need the I need the money. I need the money. And I was like, why? oh, my God, because this is so know, dramatic. You know why? Because every other episode before that was 100000 and I had another three or four gifts that I thought, dude, I'm about to cash out like 150 Gs right now. But it was 25. The reason why that, even the producer told me they did that is because it was getting out of control. And then they canceled the show right after episode. Everybody was lying. Damn. And they went right back to uh, t uh, not take it all, the other How I Met with all the models. But that's crazy that, you know, that we had this connection. Um, but I, I must say, dude, like the reason why I brought this guy on is uh, in my eyes, um, He's just one of those guys that I felt like, uh, you know, when I first got into uh, this whole comedy thing, um, I felt like you were like kind of an inspiration for like guys like me to 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 have, you know, to say like I can do that because you were doing it, and not only did you do that, you were a great person in the community. Like I loved what you're what you were about because it went far beyond comedy. It went. It was all about giving back. It was about like um, giving other people a platform to shine. Like even your emails, it's never, it's never, there's never no ego in there. It's always like, we got to do this routine. We're, we're all the same in the same boat. Let's, let's keep dreaming big. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you. Uh, You're for, welcome and thank you, bro. Thank for, you. for fucking, you know, giving me that hope and then like having guys like, like you that I know exist to like, you know, look up to as a, as a Dang, role model in comedy, you know, are you getting teary? Right I am dude. I, sometimes <laughs> I, you know, I'm all about, look, I'm all about giving respect Show to where respect. And crying. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not no, crying I yet. I love you. And I, you've always been one of the most real guys. I it's all That's about literally why I came, drove from La Crescenta to Monterey Park on a Sunday, even though I'm tired as hell, man. But I, it's because I love you, man. You've always been real cool. We've always had good times, man. Yeah, it's all I, about just uh, I want you to be happy and everything that you showed <laughs> your family, um, your mom, your dad. I finally met your dad at the Crazy Woke Asian one. Yeah, man. You know? And so, like, I, I love what you're doing, man. I feel like uh, you should just keep going, man, all the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is this is this is cool. Uh, do you have anything coming up? Anything you want to promote or? Uh, every first Friday at the Pasadena Ice House, 10 p.m. show, uh, 2020. We do sticky rice. By comedy. the way, did you book the January show yet? That's you and all the producer people. So it's like uh, wait. So I'm on have, that one. Yeah. We're gonna oh have, shit. We're gonna have a flyer out soon. So every first what? Friday. You didn't tell me this. When, when well, the flyer's not out yet. Yeah. So. So for sure, I'm on there. Yeah. January. So what? Everybody who's produced the show, third, but it's a hard show because it's right after New Year's. Like a lot of people are not gonna want to go out. Oh, but, we'll get them out. But every every every, every first Friday, Pasadena Ice, Pasadena Ice House. Third. 
January 3rd, 10 p.m. It's a special place. It's the only place my parents came to watch me or before my dad And it's a staple. Dude, if you guys are any fans of comedy, 66, you already know. 66, come to Pasadena Ice House. You go to freaking 66 Night Market. And you already know, like, I'm sure a lot of you guys listen to Rogan, Joey. That's all the Ice House. That's the club they always talk about when they're producing new material. It's the long – it's – it's a, it's one of the best clubs in the world. It is down. the main room is one of the best rooms. In the Who's world. on that show, anyways? You, uh, Kiki can't make it. She can't. So uh, uh, Sierra can't make it. It's uh, Dante. Uh, Dante Bosco. Eric Esteban. Dante from the da- Rufio. Dante Chang. Oh Eric shit. Eric Esteban. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Teresa Lowe. Uh, what's it called? Uh, who else? Just like I just emailed a bunch of people that are like running running shows, you know, and everybody's on. So whoa, great! This is uh, good news. January third, Ice House, Pasadena. Uh, January twenty eighth, PK guest list at Gmail for half price. December twenty eighth, Rev Winery. Now it's Nova Brewing Co. I'm headlining, closing out the end of the year. Um, that's gonna be really cool. That that's up in Corona. Um, that's a one off gig, and then um. Uh, I think somewhere in Long Beach. Anyways, what about you? You got some dates? That's it. Every first Friday at Ice House. Uh, I got another one at Ice House coming. It's not confirmed yet, but just every first Friday at Ice House at 10 p.m. And uh, we're going to take off. We're going to be at the Comedy Store Christmas party tonight, so that's going to be super cool. Let's have fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, Check out, out pkcomedy.com or PK, at pkcomedy on social media. Thank and you. I have a bunch of plugs too for PK. Uh, he has this special on Hulu called. Um, no, they took it off. It's on Amazon now. The Kings of Cape Town. They took off my Hulu. One. Okay, and nobody if, watched if it. If you either. see PK, he's got over four million. Uh, I don't know. He's I ten million. I don't know millions of Laugh Factory views. Um, you could just check out. Uh, just type in Paul PK Kim. He's the Godfather of Koreatown. <laughs> And uh, you'll see a bunch of funny-ass clips online. Thank you. My favorite bit is the North Korea bit. It's a fucking genius that bit. That one's gone viral. And, uh, yeah, and it's a bit about uh, going to Vegas with his kids. And uh, it's like the Little Mermaid and shit. He starts singing the Little Mermaid. But uh, anyways, uh, we're going to get the fuck out of here because uh, we got to go. So uh, we love you. Stay safe and uh, happy holidays. Thank you for tuning in. Happy holidays. Uh, Peace. Thank you, George. Too much.